This is the Cigar Snob Podcast, and I am Nick Jimenez. The cigar industry is dominated by families whose tobacco stories begin in Cuba, but one company in particular stands out as not only having a deeply Nicaraguan identity, but also having a history that is tightly woven into that of its home country. In this episode, you'll hear Eric Calvino's interview with Alejandro Martinez Cuenca, the man behind Hoya de Nicaragua. Alejandro dives deep into the history of Hoya, the tumultuous political climate that surrounded it, how it came to be the official cigar of the White House, and what lies ahead for the brand. You won't want to miss this interview, but before we get into that, a word from our sponsor, Safra Rum. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of Safra Rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra Rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra Rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top-shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio, but it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A rum safra rum always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without safra all right now here's eric calvino's interview with joya de nicaragua's alejandro martinez cuenca so so take us to take us back to the beginning of joya de nicaragua right so uh it's it's beginnings it's genesis why why did that why did these men decide to uh, to start that that factory or this company? And um, just give us a feel for what it was like at that point. Well, don't forget, 50 years ago, in Central America, there were not known manufacturing operations of cigar cigar manufacturing operations. Uh, in fact, some years earlier. For the first time, and it was 1963, 62, 63, when some people from Cuba came to Nicaragua and they brought with them some seeds and they tried to see in what areas of Nicaragua it would be convenient to see and test the production of tobaccos. Uh, and, and that some of those were failed efforts. Uh, until there was a guy, uh, which, by the way, happened to be 
uh, a relative of mine, Roberto Martinez, and I talked about him because uh, other producers have talked about him, and I never mentioned it with, with my words. He was uh, working very closely to the president of Nicaragua at that time, and he was in charge of the relation with uh, IDBD, Inter-American Development Bank, and uh, he had the initiative to bring to the bank the idea, why don't we uh, finance some of the efforts of some Cubans coming to Nicaragua, flying from Cuba because of what is happening in Cuba, uh, and let us give uh, a support so that we can push the industry in Nicaragua, if Nicaragua is able to produce tobaccos. And that's how it all started. You know, through that effort, Roberto was able to convince the president to have that special program. And that special program meant that anyone who applied for funding for any production project of tobacco, they would get a couple of years uh, moratorium uh, so they wouldn't have to pay immediately, they would pay it on the third year on, and with a very low interest rate. So that's how everything started. Uh, they, in the case of uh, Bermejo and Camacho, uh, they were very entrepreneurial guys, in spite of, uh, of, of, of not having been in Nicaragua before, and they start they went to the bank and said, uh, I want to start, I tested some seeds in Jalapa, I tested some seeds in Esteli, and uh, so they say, we'd like to apply for the, the credit. And the credit was granted to them, you know, and that's how they started, planting tobacco in Jalapa. Okay, That's amazing. Yeah. So they, they started a tobacco planting operation uh, but that still doesn't uh, talk about a factory yet. Not, not right. yet. So this is just a growing operation. And was the end goal of these guys, and maybe maybe you can't answer that, but was the goal to sell tobacco to... It was uh, basically when, when they applied, the reason that they put for thinking that their project was going to work is that there were companies in, in, in Tampa ready to buy all the, all the tobacco that could be produced once they tested the, the quality of the tobacco. And the first year, obviously, that was the, the uh, 63, I think, or 62, and that was the year when they started sending samples of the tobaccos, and from then on they expanded their production to the point that in 1967 they had a a, a huge production of tobacco. And for some reason, I haven't yet reviewed it from this end, why Tampa stopped buying as aggressively as it was buying the tobaccos from Nicaragua. You know, that's, that's, uh, there is a limbo of information for me, which I have not been able to yet uh, fill it. But uh, apparently, uh, as any production cycle, uh, also cigars, oh, tobacco had a cycle very similar. And 67 was a year when they said, well, 
they don't want to buy so much. So what do we do? And we have a loan to pay. Uh, so uh, they said, why don't we roll it? We know how to roll it. And let's try to get some people and put a rolling operation. And from then on, you know, February 1968, they decided to open a shop right in the old, uh, in, a, in a small little shop, downtown Esteli, and that's when they started rolling it. The next so the question lack of, was... the lack of demand from Tampa yeah, spurred these gentlemen to start, to start a factory. Exactly. And, and the question is, what happened to the cycle of tobaccos in the, in the United States at that time that forced them to stop buying so much of what they were buying yes. that created an opportunity for these guys to come up and start rolling the cigars themselves. Question next was, once we make this thing called a cigar, what name do we give it? And there is a whole discussion, okay, in 1967, of whether the cigar should be called one way or the other, okay? And in fact, they even sent some sample of the other name, okay? okay? Uh, it didn't flow. It didn't fly. It, did, it didn't really catch the yeah. imagination of connect. people. It didn't sell. So they reviewed it, and it was in, in February 1968 when they decided to send the first shipment of Hoya de Nicaragua. Hoya, which is translation for jewel, mm -hmm. uh, had been in discussion many times. They, 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 they had studied with Oja de Nicaragua, Oja de Nicaragua, and everything, always Nicaragua. But, yeah. you know, because it was trying to get uh, an identity, no one knew about Nicaragua and tobacco, so they put that as an ingredient in the, in, in the brand name, but they couldn't find the first word until someone told them, why not Hoya? You know, that's how Hoya came into picture. And, and what was the other name? Well, you had Hoja de Nicaragua, and you had Hoyo de Nicaragua, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, it, yeah. that was yeah. awful, you know. It would look oyo. Of course. <laughs> it wasn't a name. That oyo <laughs> only works in oyo de Monterrey. Yeah, oyo de Monterrey, that's, that's it. It. <laughs> it looks terrible otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then another names which I don't. Mm, so we, we finally land on Hoya de Nicaragua. Hoya de Nicaragua. And here, they, here you are. The first shipment comes to a company. They had already met uh, with the Oppenheimer group that's right and uh, they were the ones bringing in the cigar uh, and for some reason the cigar ends up you know in very prestigious places like uh, i have a box of cigars from 1971 which was rolled in 1970 most likely and went to the market and was given to uh, 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 an actor who was working in, in a movie, which at, at the end of the movie, the director gives them two boxes. One to this guy, his name is uh, Dean Jones, of course, <laughs> that, that's the name. Okay. Dean Jones used to be an actor uh, acting for Disneyland, the Disney, Disney World movies. 
he was in MASH. You remember? Of that course, was a long yeah, time. You are too young to remember No, I watched things. MASH as a kid, for MASH, sure. But yeah. MASH had been for many years, and he was one of the acting partners in MASH. And this guy, uh, the director, gives uh, Dean Jones a box of cigars, which he never smoked. He never smoked it. In fact, I am smoking this, that, that cigar. <laughs> uh, 50 years later, you know, 48, 48 years later. Uh, but uh, So how does that box end up in your possession? Uh, that's the very interesting thing. I had a, a, a friend here in Miami, and one day he calls me, Alejandro. Someone inquire about you. Uh, I like to know whether I can give you, can give them your name. Uh, there happens to be a lady who is inquiring who was the owner of Hoya de Nicaragua. Uh, when she called me, he says, uh, I I didn't quite make sense of what she wanted. Say, so, well, I have something for him which I want to give to him. I say, what is this? It's a box of cigars. Where, by the way, uh, by the way it was, uh, I haven't Stamped. seen the pictures, but according to her, this movie, uh, the movie was done in 1971. Uh, and uh, so it must have been one of the early cigars ever coming to the United States. And uh, say, oh, I like that. Uh, try to get the pictures, see if that is real or what, or it's just a scam or something like that. So he goes back very diligently, gets in contact with her, gets some uh, due diligence work first, find out that she was the real sure, hat, yeah. w- w- wife of this gentleman who is very sick in hospital. Uh, in fact, he passes away a year and a half later, uh, and uh, he told, uh, uh, she tells him, my friend, what the story was. At the end of the movie, he came home, he went to his library and put the box, sealed in like this, cellophane, at the end in a corner. He never touched it. And now, years later, she's cleaning her uh, his uh, table, his library, and he bumped into that box yeah. and immediately remember that she has seen, uh, I don't know, a report or something about uh, Hoya de Nicaragua wow. uh, and how she gets hold of him is still a mystery, a mystery yeah. you know, a mystery. And uh, so we got the, the box. When I said to my friend, ask her how much she wants for the box. It's priceless, she said. I don't want any money. I just want you to hold it and have it. Uh, uh, That's all. Of course, I sent her some personal gratification, which wasn't a big, big sum. But but, uh, she didn't want any money. She just wanted to give it to us. How that happened, I don't know. How did he get hold of, or how she got hold of my friend, I don't know. <laughs> it happened. The yeah. universe does those things around. That's amazing. And, and it does it very so common that we don't perceive, you know, the strength of, 
of how unity exists among all of us. Yeah. You know, unexpected events appear every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's also another little subplot to that story, which is when you guys opened the box, mm. you found the inspector, right? The that was amazing. That was amazing. That's another story which uh, I, every time I, in fact, I written about it, okay? I written a note on that because it was the most amazing experience on the personal basis I ever lived, you know? Well, the box arrives in Managua, and I'm about to get off to Spain. And that, in Spain, I, at that time, I have some people who had loaned me money to buy the company. So I bring the, 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 the box with me to Spain. I didn't open it exactly like this. Exactly how like she exactly. sent it, that's, that's how you a, that's have it, and how you I leave got to it, Spain. And I, I leave to Spain. I go with the box. Everybody tells me, including my wife, why do you want to carry a box to Spain and then come back with a box? You know, it's going to use more luggage space. And no, no, I want to. I want to show it to them. You know. Okay, so I go to Spain, come back to Nicaragua after the trip to Spain. They're all amazed at seeing the cigars. I had taken in Spain the the cellophane off. Okay? Yes, but I did not want to break the the seal. Got it. So I say, I want to keep that moment when I go back to Malawa to share it with the people in the, camp, in the factory. So I go to Esteli, coming back from Spain, and I call a meeting, my executives. And now among the executives is a guy who, when he was 15 years, 15 years old, he came to start rolling cigars in Hoya de Nicaragua. So... I come up and a big discussion. My manager, Lionel, who is very, up, uh, he is very realistic. I would say I won't put any other word. Very really. Ah, I don't think, doctor, you're going to see anything there. It's too too many years hasn't been kept correctly. By that time, the, uh, he had not noticed that it was sealed yeah. in, in cellophane. No, no, it's not going to work. Well, you want to bet? Yes. Uh, well, by, I don't like by, to bet. Let, let's clear. So, by it's not going to work, he means the cigars are not that, going to be smokable. Gonna, they're smokable. Yeah, they're going to be Nothing destroyed. is going to be there. Yes, probably. that's what he thinks. Yeah, that's what he thinks. And he says, uh, well, let's bet. No, I don't like to bet. For, for reasons that I, I don't like, he said. But, but let's bet. I bet $100 to you. I... I Take the hundred dollars, put it on the table. I bet that we're going to find a surprise, that we're going to find an splendid cigar still as it left this factory. Years, well, that was nineteen the uh, two thousand seven, probably two thousand seven is when you did this. when I brought this. So yeah, thirty-seven years. Yeah, thirty-seven. That's what we're going to see. We're going to find a good cigar. So. The other guy is already playing with this, with the box. He's looking at it, and I looked at my side, and I saw him very concentrated on what he was seeing. At the bottom of the box. At the bottom of the box. So this at is another the executive, not Leonel. No, Leonel is another executive who has a number, which I didn't know, 
that at that time when he came in, that was a practice that Francisco Bermejo had introduced in the factory, which stamped the number that of he would give the roller okay. so that that cigar is rolled by that guy. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And when I saw that, I look at him and start seeing his face changing, and suddenly he's crying. I I looked at him and said, "What happened, Alberto? What what, what happened to you?" He, he said, "No, no, 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 nothing, nothing. No, something is happening. Yeah, your face is your changing. Face is changing. <laughs> you have tears in your eyes." Yeah. I said, "Oh." It brought me some memories. Is that right? Yeah. You know, Dr. Cuenca, this number, this is the number with which I was baptized in this company. So it means these cigars that are in this box were all rolled by me. No kidding. Are you kidding? (laughs) Are you kidding? Yeah. At this time, we haven't even opened the box. He is playing with the box. Yeah. And this guy has a bet of $100, which hasn't yet put the other $100. <laughs> so I'm looking and, and saying, let's open this and open the box. And there are 25 most beautiful cigars. Only the paper was a little bit torn, okay, everything. So I opened it and I said, we're going to do the following. We're going to take one of the cigars in the back of this box so we don't touch any of the cigars in the front. And we will replace that with one of the cigars of the similar kind that we are presently making. Okay? But we are going to smoke this and we will share it all. So I light the cigar. I started lighting the cigar. Start burning delicious but it was I have never seen a cigar with such a white ash all the way from the moment we light it to the moment we decided now let us open it up to see what is inside yeah. okay it was all like snow okay so I turn it around we all smoke it and I looked at the guy who had lost a hundred dollars. Said, "When are you going to pay me?" <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so let's let's now. That was a little side yeah. side track. Let's go back to uh, that time in the company in the seventies, where you said uh, it was being distributed in in high end places. Yeah, it was also at this point. Uh, or I should say, at what point does it become the cigar that that the president gives, right? Because at one point, and is it still the case today? Yeah. Still the case. So when uh, when there was a dignitary coming to Nicaragua, mm, they would receive that, the, was their, the that was the gift. So, that, that was the gift. So give us a little bit of feedback on how... Well, there is well, an amazing story, that friend, that uh, I have repeated it. But most important, what I want to emphasize, all of these stories are engraved in one single concept. The most Nicaraguan authentic cigar is Hoya de Nicaragua. Okay? And let me say why. Uh, 
when it was 1971, uh, the president of Nicaragua was Anastasio Somoza, was known as a, a very rude, very dictatorial, as they were in America, uh, in Latin America at that time. And because of politics, the White House, had, neither the State Department had ever invited a president to the White House. After Nicaragua president. Of Nicaragua, a president of Nicaragua, yeah. I meant, except the father of this guy, who happened to be, uh, that was the 1940s, uh, when he was president still, uh, having, is in the history of United States diplomatic encounters, when they decided to invite that, the father of this guy, the State Department said, how are you going to invite Mr. President Roosevelt? How are you going to invite this SOB to the White House? He's such a cruel guy. He looked at them and said, but don't forget, it's our SOB. Because they had put him in power yeah. in Nicaragua. He's our SOB. He's our SOB. So the son who went to West Point, and he and was... And the son, now we're talking Anastasio now, Somoza. And, and, and the son of this president was Anastasio Somoza's son, who had studied at and graduated at West Point University, at the West Point Academy. And since they were, they were celebrating 25 years, President Nixon at that time decided that he would invite that son Mm -hmm. of Somoza, old son, because he was a friend of him. He, he, they went together uh, at the academy. Okay, So they go to the White House. He goes to the White House with a, a, a tour of other people, government officials that accompanied him, who are the ones relating the story, by the way. So this is not a fabricated story by someone. And... Nixon takes him for, the, for dinner, and then he asks him to pass over to the green room to go for the ritual of lighting a cigar in the green room. That was a ritual, mm -hmm. which established there. Uh, it used to be done with Cuban cigars, but then they ran out of it, and they were looking for, which uh, I will tell something else about it, how he got there. Uh, so Somoza is sitting there, and he uh, is with President Nixon, and suddenly, you know, somebody comes in, and he offers them coffee, offers them cognac, offers them cigars, and to the surprise of Somoza, that the cigar that is being offered to him, it was a Hoya de Nicaragua cigar. He looked at it and said, but that's from Nicaragua. Yes, Mr. President, Nixon says. Uh, this cigar has been here in the White House since the earlier administration. Uh, but now it's our official cigar, Mr. President. The official cigar of the White House. We use it in all this ritual. Huh? Good. Then my curiosity started to build when I read and heard about the testimony of what had happened. How did Hoya de Nicaragua get into the White House, okay? It happened that the sommelier was a Swiss guy whose name I won't 
say it, not because there is anything about him, it's because I don't remember the name. It was okay. a very Swedish, Swiss name, and I don't want to make the same Swiss. mistake I made with the, with the actor. And this guy walks, is in Las Vegas for a convention, and he decides to walk out of the hotel into a little shop that he saw cigars in front of the hotel. Don't ask me which hotel was that, because I, I'm trying to locate it yet, okay? And he walked in and walks into that place, but I heard many people, by the way, who claim that their shop was the one. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, so, not to get into that discussion, he walks in and he says, what do you have new in cigars? And the guy says, well, listen, I just received this cigar from Nicaragua. You want to taste, taste it? Yes, let me taste it. So he lights it up there, okay. He says, oh, that's good. Do you have a box? Yes, I'll take the box. He, he is not identifying himself who he is. Yeah. So he's the sommelier of the White House. Okay, he chooses the wine, champagne, the cigars, the rum, or whatever, okay? So he buys the cigars, takes them to the White House, and he asks people to smoke it. So this is very good. It doesn't envy anything else we had before. So they brought Hoya de Nicaragua as the uh, official cigar in the Nixon time, but before he was basically fill, filling in a, a gap that had been left because the other uh, cigars could not be there anymore. So this replaced the other cigars. That's funny. So the sommelier did, did what consumers do yeah. on a daily basis in it's cigar shops every day, which is what's new? What is new? <laughs> what is new and what is good? Yes. <laughs> and so, so the, the lesson to the, the cigar retailer is you know, yeah. don't uh, don't ever underestimate the guy coming in yeah. asking what's yeah. new. He may take him to the White House. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> don't underestimate it. That's something to learn. Don't underestimate anyone, because the world is around, goes around, and everything comes back. So keep good That's friendship incredible. always. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know who is going to be next. <laughs> so, so then. Now let's let's move a little bit uh, down the line, mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a, a company that you've had a relationship with now for ten years, twenty yeah, years. We are celebrating also ten years of our relationship with Drew Estate, and it was nineteen uh, uh, two thousand and eight when we initiated our uh, business relation, where we gave them the of the exclusive distribution for Hoya de Nicaragua in the United States. Uh, we have built on the initial stages of our relation, and we are happy with the way it has gone. Now, particularly when Switzer has bought that company, Drew Estate, and we don't regret the decision. We think uh, they've done a tremendous effort and continue to build more effort into it, and so we 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 are including it into our celebration. Well, so so let's talk a little bit about. What, so, how were you distributing before? You had in-house sales before two thousand eight. No, 
there is so a long story. It, there yeah, is a long story that before that, because you know when I bought the company uh, in in nineteen uh, when I bought the company in Nicaragua, the company was not even called Hoya de Nicaragua. It had be, Hoya de Nicaragua had been produced there. Uh, it was the company was called uh, Tabacos Puro de Nicaragua, and uh, and what I uh, did uh, at that time is that I bought the company knowing that the the brand name Hoya de Nicaragua had been registered out of Nicaragua and brought to the United States and registered under another name. So for many years, my struggle when I bought the company was to buy back the brand for the United States. I had the brand for the rest of, of the world. So in, in that, uh, from, the, this, from this, that, uh, that period, 1993, 94, my distribution in the United States was very slim. Okay, so it was until 1990, Seven, when the owner of the brand at that time finally decided to sit down and negotiate the selling. So back. the owner of Hoya de Nicaragua in the United States, yeah, uh, in '97, yeah, uh, you guys come to an agreement. Yeah, we come to an agreement, and the story goes: is Oppenheimer sells it to Holcoror, Holcoror sells it to to Tabacalera, and Tabacalera sells it back to me. What is as Altaris today? Yes, yes. Yeah, right. So uh, I, I I don't know if it's worth mentioning it. No, but, but you can erase it. <laughs> no, people don't even know. Yeah, they, they don't even know. So uh, when I bought that, the the distribution I granted it to a friend of mine from Dominican Republic who had been in the market for many years, Manolo Quesada, and he did from 1997. To 2008, the distribution. Uh, it was part of SAG, SAG imports, you know, imports uh, and he did what he could, you know. But uh, for years, I kept on telling Manolo, 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 can I help you? Can I be more present so that Nicaragua will have his own identity too, you know? So it was 2008 when one day. I called Jonathan Drew to my office, and I said to Jonathan... At this point, Jonathan is in Nicaragua. Jonathan was in Nicaragua, and uh, uh, he wasn't anything of what he is today, by of the way. Course. You know? and so, Jonathan, I have something to, I want to discuss with you. What would you think if I told you that I am looking into the capacity that you have as a marketing guy to help me in bringing in Hoya de Nicaragua to the U.S. market exclusively, because the rest I have my own distribu distribution uh, arrangements. He jumped out of the of, of, of the of the seat he was sitting. I can't believe it! I can't believe. It. Are you serious? What you are telling me, Doctor Cuenca? Yes, I am serious. <laughs> Well, let's talk about it, because uh, that is one of my dreams. 
And that's how we started, thinking about a dream. And 10 years later, I can say, hasn't been that a dream, but has been a very, very good building a relation, a long-term loyal relation between two companies with their own different identities, but with a common purpose. Bring the cigars with the quality of the cigars that we have to the consumer so that they will enjoy Nicaragua. So he's part of this story. It's part of my of what we are celebrating in this 50th anniversary. Celebrating the most Nicaraguan cigar uh, and giving the pieces that make it possible to understand why we feel so proud about it. Not on the name by itself, but on the fact that it has gathered many friends who have collaborated with us, and particularly our workers who are part of our extended family. So we celebrate 50 years of our extended family working all together to make possible to have a cigar of the quality of cigar that we have today. You know. Uh, so I think I answer your question, but if you have any further question about how distribution <laughs> was done, no, that's a that's a beautiful <laughs> that's a beautiful depiction of what went down there. But uh, but no, the, so this this fifty years celebration mm-hmm. uh, is a is a sort of an all inclusive uh, right, an all encompassing celebration. You you don't want to just focus on the company or the name or product. Mm. You earlier you even mentioned uh, you know before we started the interview, you mentioned that it's 50 years of Nicaraguan tobacco. Like yeah. you're 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 not just limiting it to Hoya de Nicaragua. No. You want it to to include everyone, right? And and, uh, and so and that's only, a beautiful thing. Uh, 50 years of Nicaraguan cigar industry starting to become what it is today. Had it not been for those. 50 years earlier, had it not been because of Hoya, had it not been because of the common effort built into making a cigar that is today around the world, in more than 50 countries in the world today, 50, a real, I mean, Hoya de Nicaragua is the most, has the, the largest presence as a brand around the world with the name Nicaragua. And that is recognized by many, many, many people in the world. So we feel that Hoya in this celebration should not keep itself only to its name or to who initiated it or who is today handling it. We want to make it uh, the, the, the celebration of the industry of making cigars be what they are today in the world. Recognize, it, regardless of the name, the Nicaraguan tobacco is today recognized, and the Nicaraguan cigars are recognized as the top, top kind of cigars in the world. Uh, we don't feel less, uh, or we don't feel constrained to say it, uh, we don't envy anyone. We know that in the market, 
There are other producers, particularly other countries who produce cigars. We respect them very much, be it Cuba, be it Dominican Republic, be it Honduras. But we want to celebrate that had it not been because of these 50 years, probably tobacco from Nicaragua would have taken longer to be recognized. It took 50. I think this is what it is. And so for a, for a consumer, uh, how is it that, that you guys are directing a consumer that wants to celebrate these 50 years with you? What is it? I mean, what is uh, the consumer experience like right now okay. uh, to celebrate these 50 years? Well, we feel that the celebration should not only be a point in time when you make a big party, where you invite your friends and those who should be there. The celebration should be uh, around product, you know, that as we did with the 45th anniversary, we came up with a cigar. We call it the Cuatro Cinco. No one can argue that it wasn't a good cigar. It was an excellent cigar. Excellent cigar. Extraordinary. Imagine what we, we have ready for the consumers for the 50th anniversary. I can, well, we will talk about it later, okay? We will sit down later on in the year and you will tell me once you taste it whether it deserves what we want to build on, on that cigar. Oh, I look forward to that. Cuatro Cinco was a success. This is going to be something extraordinary. Never done before in the factory. And I think we are going to surprise many people. Well, Cuatro Cinco was a tremendous success, yeah. right? It was a, a limited... Very limited. A very limited uh, very, production. And I then you ended up having to turn it into a, a regular production. A regular production. And, and it's one of the good selling cigars in the market where, today where in the it, United States. Where does it sit right now within your portfolio? Well, it's very difficult to beat our... ¿Cómo se dice en español? En inglés. El caballito de batalla. The flagship. The flagship. And the flagship for us is Antonio 1970 in the U.S. market. Yeah. It's very difficult to beat that number. Uh, but I would say in terms of the kind of the, of, of, of the cigar, in, in, uh, let, let me define it better. In, in terms of the quality of the tobaccos that are in that cigar, in the Cuatro Cinco, uh, it's still it's a fantastic cigar, I think. But still, what we want to give for the 50th anniversary is something even much longer uh, aged, which we have been preparing for it. And not only that, it's a blend which is very unique. Very unique, and I think people are going to love it. Huh? And we, every next year's, in the following years, we plan to come with the different vitolas of that family. So, well, that was my, actually, you're leading me to the next question, which was, what did you learn from the release of Cuatro Cinco? And how has that impacted what you're doing with the 50? Oh, tremendously. I think uh, our uh, Cuatro Cinco release was a tremendous experience for us because it was the first time in many, many years when we were blending m more Diffic difficult tobacco, 
tabacos, you know. It's not that we were always doing the easy tobaccos, no, 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 no. And I don't mean to infer that. But I think the quality of the blend, or we, we prepare for Cuatro Cinco, where we even aged in barrels, uh, which I won't say what kind of barrels, you know. But later on, there were many others trying to follow the, 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 the same thing, which is good. You know, of course. When people try to replicate what you've done well, Absolutely. it means something is good, and that was good. But we yeah, it's the highest form of flattery. It's the highest form of flattering, and should not be offended at all if somebody wants to replicate, try to replicate whatever you are doing. But uh, uh, um, to go on the experience of Cuatro Cinco, first we came with a very limited edition production, because at that time that was the only tobaccos that we had. But obviously. This is a whole process, you know. You, as time passes, more tobaccos are available that can meet the quality con uh, requirement that you imposed on the first one. Sure. So, uh, as this developed, we were able to come up with a more continuous uh, uh, production of Cuatro Cincos, now not as a limited edition, but at, as a, spe a, reserva especial, as a special res reserve. And uh, we, what we are expecting is that in this year, you are going to see this new cigar coming up, uh, probably by IPCPR. Oh, it's already in the process of finalizing its uh, aging process. We don't want to throw it earlier. We want to do it at IPCPR. And that, that's in July. That's in July. Get... So it's three more months mm -hmm. or four more months. We we're going to be there. And also we planning to bring, you know, uh, since TAA is celebrating their uh, 50th anniversary too, uh, we came to an agreement with them. And please correct me, Daniel, if I don't have all the information. But uh, I understand that it's going to be a special size, which is the one, the size that I like, smoking the Gran Reserva Antaño. Is that correct? Uh, that's, that's correct. So there's going to be a special size uh, for of, the, of the Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño Gran Reserva. Gran Reserva. And that's for TAA to celebrate their 50th. Their 50th. And, uh, and we will have a, a series of products coming out uh, as we reached IPCPR dates, uh, in addition to other products and articles that are going to be coming out uh, I'm in the process of finalizing a book on Hoya. Okay. And more than Hoya, it's going to be about the industry of Nicaragua. So, so it, when it, can we expect that? Uh, it, uh, IPCPR. Also, okay. IPCPR. And that book, are you are you going to make that available to consumers as well? So yes. they'll be able to buy it in their they retail? They can buy or? it in Amazon. They can buy it in retail stores that want to, buy, uh, want to sell beautiful, it. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's a very complete historical review of how the industry of Nicaragua developed. How oh, the, uh, the tobacco industry. The tobacco industry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm... I take it for granted we're only <laughs> talking about tobacco. <laughs> so, so then, so now just for the, you know, the last question here is, 
what do you see what do you see coming for for Hoya de Nicaragua beyond these 50 years oh no I don't want to sound arrogant I am 70 years old now 71 I want to see the 100 years of Hoya de Nicaragua and and I think uh, more than that I want to see that in the next 50 years we rather than struggle to be in the market now is consolidating the, these 50 years with quality products that will allow us to get to the 100 year mark. That would be a beautiful dream. Uh, I might not see it, but uh, there are many people who are going to see it. Your, your son included. My one. son, my grandsons and granddaughters. I have quite a number of them now. So but in the company, Juan? Juan is running the company. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to see it. As I see, I'm seeing my first 50 years of the company. Well, we look forward to that. Thank you for, thank you for your thank time you. today. Did I cover everything? More, another question that um, I think especially Hoya de Nicaragua has a, a history that at exactly. least for the last generation has been so tied to the country and to Eteli's history. Yeah. How would you say that you have seen, not just Hoya, but the cigar industry in general, impact and change uh, Esteli and the broader country? I, I mean, that's a fantastic question with which I want to close. The Esteli of today has nothing to do with the Esteli 50 years ago, let alone the Esteli 10 years ago. And you've been to Nicaragua. Uh, it's true, construction is going on everywhere in, in Nicaragua. But the, if there is a place where things are being really moving very fastly, is Esteli. To the extent that Nicaragua had had about 40% unemployment rate years back, there is zero unemployment rate in Esteli. It's the only city of Nicaragua that has zero unemployment rate. In fact, we have uh, always concern about the limitation, and that's one of the constraints of our growth as an industry, because you need to prepare more people that can be rollers, that can be punchers, that can run companies in the cigar business in Esteli, because uh, there is a lack of it, you know. So we, we feel that uh, if something in these 50 years that we want to recognize is that tobacco changed completely the profile of what a city and, a, and an area of Esteli, Jalapa, Ocotal used to have, you know. And that view is, it comes to your eyes immediately. You know, uh, still we need more infrastructure. We need more hotels in Esteli, a quality hotel, first grade hotels, which we don't. The good thing is that most of the consumers or retailers or business people who visit us in Esteli, they also want some traditional things. You know, they don't want the sophistication of coming to a city and everything is. Five stars up. Yeah, the uh, Alameda has its charm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they has its charm. Yeah. You know, all of the little places you go, 
and that's part of what the whole thing is all about. So, uh, uh, but I, I think your question is very, very valid. Uh, if there is an industry that really has pushed the country up, it has been tobacco, cigars, cigars and tobacco together. But uh, tobacco for cigars mainly, not tobacco for cigarettes or any uh, anything else. So that's the story. And I think we cover most of our yeah. points. And uh, I want to thank you for coming all the way to the hotel. And we look forward to seeing you in Nicaragua when you come for, for the pictures and uh, everything else. And uh, thank you for put, paying attention to Hoya. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to Alejandro for taking the time to do that interview. As always, thanks to you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Rate and review us while you're there. And also, uh, you can find episodes of the podcast at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. That's cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Share this episode with friends and fellow smokers who you think might be interested in the story. If you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for Cigar Snob Mag, or on Facebook, we're actually Cigar Snob Magazine. Finally, make sure that you send any feedback, questions, or comments to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Again, that's feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Write us whatever the hell it is you want to write us, and we might just respond to you right here on the podcast or in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Nick Jimenez, and this is the Cigar Snob Podcast. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of safra rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, senior editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of safra rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with safra rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio. But it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A Rum. Safra Rum. Always drink responsibly, and remember that there is no rum without Safra. Safra.